Into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports, home of your mediocre and just god awful Boston Red Sox. Uh, don't forget to follow the show, of course, on Into the Tri- at Into the Triangle Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Check out CouchGuySports.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, the whole nine yards. So check us out everywhere. Uh, we got Big Al, we got Liam making us sound pretty as always, and, and Jared here as well. And uh, Liam, Al, we have a lot to talk about, so we can jump right into it. So, Al, I, I can't imagine you're doing well this week because it is what it is. Red Sox have lost, what, eight of nine now? Is that what we're uh, at? Nine of ten. Nine right, of ten. Nine, good, good. They lost the Kansas City Royals. That was fun. Um, got swept by the New York Yankees, four-game series. Uh, they actually did something fun on Saturday. They lost two series at once because one of those Saturday games from, like, way back when. So that's that's a milestone, I guess. Um a couple of things we want to get to tonight as we record here. Um, Dave Dombrowski is going to be a topic. Uh, the Red Sox as a whole is going to be a topic. Mookie Betts chatting with Ken Rosenthal. What? We'll talk about that. Um, but Al, let's. you want to talk about Kashner so bad. You're fired up about Andrew Kashner. And again, Dave Dombrowski move. Let's start there. Let's. I want to let you. What, what has you your panties in a wad about Andrew Kashner? Oh, I don't know. The fact that he's given up nine home runs and five starts for the Red Sox when he gave up 10 home runs the entire year with the Orioles, that's a start. Uh, the fact that when he misses, he misses middle-middle. So that's, uh, that's another great, you know, attribute to have as a pitcher. You know, you can't hit your spots. That's great. I love how he pitched in friggin' Baltimore, which is not, and I mentioned this on Legends Lingo, my podcast with Liam, before we started recording this. Baltimore is a small market. Boston's a huge market. When you have the big markets like Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, you have to pitch well. You have to pitch under pressure. Andrew Kashner had no pressure in Baltimore because Baltimore stinks. They're the second worst team in the American League behind the god-awful Royals. And Kashner cannot pitch deep into starts. He doesn't give this Red Sox team a chance to win. It feels like it's Chris Sale this year or Rick Porcello. He goes out, he's going to give up like six runs in five innings and not give the Red Sox a chance to win. That's why I can't stand him. So I hate the move that Dombrowski made. He gave up two prospects. That's great. But you know what? Dave Dombrowski, shame on you. This guy stinks. He stinks. That's all I got. He does stink. He does. Um, I didn't didn't think the move made sense at the time. Um, It wasn't a massive area of need by any stretch of the imagination. And when you look at what the Red Sox really needed. It was, it was the bullpen and it was the closer. And, and, and that's where I want to start this. So, you know, I've, I've missed a show here and there. I'm a busy guy. Al can blame me all I want. You want me. No, no, no. I, I said on the last show, you have important things to do. So I, I give you your credit. So the reason I want to go back to the deadline is because it kind of connects to a couple topics that we want to talk about tonight. Um, so Mookie Betts talking to Ken Rosenthal. And Mookie was asked, does the lack of a move at the deadline deflate your baseball team? Mind you, backstory. Red Sox were about, what, a game out of the second wild card when the trade deadline happened? They were at one point in the wild card, right, when the deadline was about to happen. Literally a week and a half ago. A week and a half ago, they were one game out of the second wild card spot. Yes. God, that stretch of baseball has been terrible. Um, (laughs) They... He responded, you could say yes, you could say no. Moogie Betts confirms in that interview. That, that's what I'm taking. He confirms, Al, 
that this Red Sox team got deflated because ownership, Dombrowski, whoever gave the okay on not making a move, they didn't make a move. Red Sox, if the Red Sox, Al, and this goes back to the whole beginning of the season thing, like, right, if the Red Sox tried to replace Kimbrell, I'm not saying Kimbrell was the solution because he's a bum on short order right now, too. He can't pitch. Kimbrell's on the IL. He's with a, with a knee. So that isn't even your, your solution. But, Al, if you replace Kimbrell during this, at the beginning of the season, you're a lot closer than you think, right? Like, you're a lot closer than you already are. So yes. that alone is a bad move. But now, you, you have treaded water. You have figured it out enough to be in the wild card hunt come the deadline. And now Dave Dombrowski, wonderful GM that he is, still doesn't know how to build a bullpen and doesn't make a move for a closer or some sort of reliever at the deadline. If you're a Red Sox player, Al, and these Red Sox guys, they're not idiots. They know their bullpen sucks. I think the bullpen knows they suck. If Dombrowski doesn't make a move, wouldn't that deflate you too? Wouldn't that make you play? I mean, granted, I'm going to asterisk on this because you know what? They, they're the grown men. They got to figure it the fuck out. Like that, that's part of it too, right? They're grown men. They need to suck it up. They're professional baseball players, but you're a game out. You know, you need some help and you're not giving it. Like I run the team. A little deflating. It, it's very deflating, especially when the Red Sox have the highest payroll in the entire MLB. And the fact that all Dabrowski had to do was literally be aggressive and just say to these other teams, the San Diego Padres for Kirby Yates, Toronto Blue Jays with Ken Giles, literally just be like, hey, what is your price? Because obviously we need a closer. You guys are looking to rebuild and keep bringing in prospects and all that stuff. We have a couple prospects. It's not a deep prospect crop, but they have a few that they can get rid of. But it just all goes back to you're in win now. Your window to win is now. With the core that you have right now, you have went on one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Your offense has been fine. Your offense is scoring at least five, six, seven runs a game. They still lead the league in runs, right? Runs yeah. yeah, exactly. And they were at one point, Jared, in the season, they scored the same amount of runs, if not more, this year than they did last year. Yep. I think it was up to like the trade deadline. But anyways, with Zembrowski, it just it, don't you just get the sense that he's just he's sort of letting the season finish out, and then he's going to be gone. His contract expires at the end of the season. Dan Shaughnessy even put it in an article that we mentioned early, uh, earlier on Legends Blingo. He's like isolated himself. It almost sounds like, and I hate to say this and relate to another sport, it almost sounds like Kyrie Irving and like isolating himself and keeping him out and everything. Obviously, it's not the exact case, but the point is, is that yep. you know, Dombrowski is preparing for the next phase of his life, the next team that he's you know, going to try to run. He's not thinking about this Red Sox team anymore. I think he's just, he's done. He's done being a part of the Red Sox. Thanks for the 2018 World Series trophy, but it's time to move on both sides. So his contract is reportedly, it runs through next season. So he does have a year left. Um, and so we'll touch on that later because there is that's a conversation I want to have too. Um, but with the, the Red Sox as a whole, as a team, right? Um, you look at the way they played, the David Price thing, that was after the deadline, right? With Eck? Yep. David Price all of a sudden becomes a man child again with Dennis Eckersley after the deadline, after the Red Sox don't make a move. Uh, Kastner comes in and can't pitch. Uh, Chris Sale sucks more than he already has um, in those. And then now the other starters can't even figure it out. Uh, Red Sox offense hasn't been great. You get swept. You have the worst week of your entire season. You lo- you're now losing nine of 10 
all of these bad things that we've been talking about, about the Red Sox, all post-deadline. It's not a coincidence. This team has given up because ownership has given up on them. It, it, it's, it's straight and simple. It's which is disgusting to me because you, this is basically the same roster. Al. We've been preaching this since we started the show this year. It's They had the best team in baseball last year. They won a World Series with basically this same roster. And yeah, turnover happens and you can't win with the same team every year. But this team should not have had this much of a drop-off. And for the ownership and for Dave Dombrowski to quit on this team and not get any sort of help at the deadline, it's not being talked about enough. I, I understand the players need to be men about this, but... Come on, that as a player, that's deflating when your bosses look at you and basically say, "We don't value you. You're not important anymore. You can't help us this year. Talk next year." That's hard. Just that's a hard pill to swallow. I, I got a question for you, Jared. Shoot, doesn't this feel a little bit like the 2014 Red Sox? Now, obviously, there's more talent on this 2019 Red Sox roster. We can agree to that, and we understand that. But they're coming off a World Series title. They're not performing up to expectations. Now, granted, I don't think the 2014 Red Sox had those high expectations because 2013, we can say, was a fluke year. That was a fluke year for them. Everything just fell right, and obviously they got a World Series title out of it. We're appreciative of it, but it was fluky. But doesn't it – it's almost like bringing back shades of 2014 where it's like they're not as exciting as the year before, and they're just crumbling in front of us. Yep. Yeah. And look, again, 2013, crap World Series. Shouldn't have won that year. But they did. Um, so you come back with 2014 and you had a lot of the same talent there, obviously, uh, coming after that 2013, that's some turnover. You started the transition to some younger guys. So I don't think anyone expected 2014 to be a good year because no one expected 2013 to be the year that it was. Um, but you're right. It's starting to feel that way of like, okay, the guys that are still here aren't really performing. Um, some of the younger core, except for like Devers and, uh, Xander aren't performing. It's starting to feel like the wheels are coming off. And I, and I agree with you that it feels like 2014, but I also feel like this, the wheels weren't really falling off until this deadline, until the lack of it. Because, Al, think about it. As much as we all sat here and complained how bad this team was playing, um, they aren't living up to expectations. They were still in the playoff hunt. Like they were, all, they were still in the chance to make a wild card game. It wasn't unrealistic to think they might be able to turn it on uh, if they got some bullpen help at the deadline. And maybe even make a run to host a wild card game. Like that wasn't out of the realm of possibility, but this team all of a sudden had to shut it off because Dave Dombrowski decided to not make a move. And, and that says a lot about what he thought of this team. Yeah. He thought that they were a team that just didn't have what it takes to win this year, but still, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. That's the thing. Think about the Milwaukee. The talent that you have on this roster. Yeah, exactly. Think about the Milwaukee Brewers last year. Nobody, and I mean nobody, expected them to make it as far as they did. They were one game away from the World Series. They were one game away from being the team the Red Sox were going to beat in the World Series. And I say that confidently because the Red Sox were just steamrolling anybody that they were playing last year. That's just how it felt. But when you get to the playoffs, especially with that pitching staff that now has experience of winning a World Series title, when you have Chris Sale, you have David Price, you have Eduardo Rodriguez that is having a great year this year, you have guys like Rick Porcello and Nathan Ivaldi that you can put in the bullpen in the playoffs when you need it. Just get to the playoffs. If you get yep. to the playoffs, again, anything can happen. And I still believe in a short series with the starting pitching advantage, I think the Red Sox could beat the Yankees in a playoff series. It sounds crazy, but... I saw Liam roll his eyes, I think. You're nuts, Al. 
you're nuts. It's not good. No, I, I know. Mean, I believe it, but I just just what we in that first series with them we went three or four, but then the next series they came back mad and angry and we didn't have a chance. So who knows? He's right. That's also, that, but that's also in Yankee Stadium too, and obviously with the way the playoffs is, you still won in Yankee Stadium. You come home to Fenway, where you know you can beat the Yankees at Fenway. Yeah, that's why I think it, it could be Red, Red Sox. Sox the Red Sox the problem this year is that they haven't been able to play as well at home. They're like yeah. at five hundred at home, it's which is which is really weird because it's usually the opposite. They're usually well, last, last, year they, last year they barely lost a game at home. Like oh, they were unreal. They won almost every game at home. That's why they had the best record in baseball and had a record year. It's because they couldn't let people win at Fenway. They won almost every game. It's nuts. Look, I think that for that Yankees that week, it was so hard to, to, to swallow this last week because literally the Red Sox a week before played the same teams and won almost every game. Identical situation. So it, it, it blows my mind of how bad this week's been. Um, and now instead of talking about being in the wild card hunt, you added a piece and you're trying to defend your World Series title. Um, now we're talking about firing Dave Dombrowski. Now we're talking about what does next year look like? Does Mookie Betts really get traded? Like all this stuff's now being talked about. And today, as we sit here and record this, it's August 7th. Granted, it doesn't hit the normal, some of the records we've had in this town with the ba- bad baseball teams, the Bobby Valentine year. We were talking about the offseason on like May 15th. But now it's August 7th for the defending World Series champs, and I can vehemently say they're not getting into the playoffs because of how bad this is and how bad the situation is. They're not getting in. And this, this is coming from a guy who, until last week, believed they were. But this last week of baseball, I, I have to say this season's over. I can't look at this team and say anything but time to think about firing Dave Dombrowski. It's time to start thinking about figuring out 2020 and who you're going to pay and who you're not. Just worry about it now and, and let the season play itself out. Um, end of the regular season, we'll, we'll focus our shift to the off-season talk, and, and we'll be done. Yeah, this has just been a sad year for Red Sox fans, especially since everybody was riding high after the 2018 World Series title. And you brought most of your core back. You basically brought your whole team back, minus two key guys in the bullpen. But you still thought, okay, if they maybe pull off a trade or they maybe sign someone, get somebody at the deadline, like we've been talking about pretty much this whole show. But it just mm-hmm. never happened. And that's the sad part is that those holes weren't filled and now they're getting exploited. And now, like you just said, Jared, we have to talk about the offseason and get in depth of what is going to happen to this offseason. That's pretty sad to think about considering it's only August 7th and the season still is basically two months, has two months left to go. Yeah, it's not, it's not pretty. Um, I'm not happy about the situation whatsoever. Um, but now we're going to talk about it. It's August 7th, and I want to talk about Dave Dombrowski because he's, like we talked about a little earlier, Al, we, you know, he's got one year left on his contract. He, he reportedly runs through 2020. Um, you made a good point. I don't really want to see what he does on a contract year. Um, there are also reports out there, and we're hearing that you know ownership and um, everyone at the Red Sox organization is kind of straying away from Dave Dombrowski. He seems to be becoming more of a kind of outsider for brass. I know his good friend, Tony La Russa, right? That he was brought in to help Alex Cora last year. I haven't really heard much about him still on the staff. Right. But apparently even he's kind of like Dave, what are you doing? Like he's even pushing away from Dombrowski. So all this kind of leads to the question I want to ask you, Al, and, and Liam can chime in too, if you dare so choose. Do you fire Dave Dombrowski? Is this it? Is it worth 
the headaches? Is it worth the media attention? After the year after being the winningest franchise team in history, winning a World Series, do you fire the guy who put that together for you? Yeah, you need new blood in there, like I said earlier. Why not go after a guy like a Billy Bean? Why not try to get Billy Bean in here who takes a team in Oakland with no payroll and in the last couple of years has consistently put them in a good position for a playoff run? But now you put him in a situation where he has all the money in the world he can spend. He can get the players that he really wants. And I think guys like playing under his ownership. So you got to get rid of the old school. I'm not saying Billy Bean's not old school because I think he technically is. But you need a fresher face in there. And I personally think Billy Bean would be the perfect fit for Boston. But as far as Dave Dombrowski goes, yes, get rid of him. Again, thank you for 2018. Thank you for putting together that roster. But you didn't try to win it again. You literally did everything you could to help them not win. Thanks for the memories. Goodbye. Hmm. I, I look at Dave Dombrowski and say, you know what? You can't keep them. As, as much as I want to help put this team together, how bad is it of a look for this team? And it is a bad look. If you're if you're the Red Sox, you win the World Series last year, best record ever in franchise history. Come around and fire your GM with the Boston Red Sox after he won your World Series. It's a terrible look. And that's why I'm partially convinced they're not going to fire Dombrowski. Because as much as all these reports are coming out that you know he he is kind of losing patience with his ownership, it's a bad look for the team to fire your GM after he wins. Like year before that, it's, it's, it's a, a bad situation. Luck. Like, how do you, like, how? I mean, how do you fire a guy after he's won a World Series? You know, within three years of that. But at the same time, like, it's so clear that he won, and now he's getting soft. He's kind of rolled over with this team, like Al said. It's it's easy to fire him, Liam. He's not doing his job. It's easy to fire him. There you go. You don't do your job. You don't do your job. You get fired. That's how the world works. If he, if they don't win the World Series last year, is he this complacent this year? Does he? Does oh he... God, no, no. He is aggressive at the deadline. He's doing everything he can to get this team into a position of contention. But he, like Liam said, he got a little bit soft. I think after winning 2018 World Series, his first World Series title he's ever won as a GM or president of baseball operations. So I don't care how it looks. Get rid of them. I don't care how it looks. Bring in somebody that's going to have that burning passion to win. Can we get Theo back? Can we figure that it out? Was, your buddy Maserati mentioned that too. I know. And, and it wasn't my idea. Like that, I heard it. I Tony Mass said it. Trade this. Trade the world for if Theo Epstein's willing to come back. Give him everything. Give him. Give him the team. Who cares? Literally, give him the team. Like, sorry, I'm gonna I'll give you the Red Sox if you want to run the team. Because literally that is the worst decision they've made since he like that was letting him go. Absolute worst decision. Now you're dealing with the ramifications of it. I mean, he has his fingerprint <laughs> over this team, right? He's he drafted half these guys. He is probably the best fit out there to run the Red Sox, and he's not gonna happen. I, 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 don't remember, I don't remember the name of the guy. You might, Al. Apparently, they have someone in place underneath Dombrowski already. Who could I, yeah, I think I saw that earlier. If you give me a second, I can look it up. Because I, I know... 
but apparently that might be the option for them to do that. I, I look at this Red Sox team and go, got to cut bait. It's got to happen. And uh, because that's the way I'm feeling, I almost at this point am happy they didn't make a move only because it solidifies him leaving. But at the same time, I, I almost partially think he might've been out the door anyway, because even if he does make a move guys and, and this team makes a con- a run and they lose in the play- wild card game, first round, second, whatever, they still underachieved. You're defending world series champion and you're expected to go back to the world series. Now. Yeah. The Yankees got better. The Rays got better. The Indians got better. All the deadline you didn't. And that's on Dombrowski. And that's something that even if you really think this team's not going to win, um, you have to at least do something because even if you trade for a guy like <coughs> or something like that, that's a guy who you have control over for next year as well. And so you use this deadline as a chance to potentially contend now and have a guy to finally fill some bullpen help down the road as well. So yeah, you didn't make a move and you don't believe in this team, but there's so many reasons now to make a move anyway, even for next year and the year after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're trying to set yourself up in a position where you're not in a total rebuild. You're not one of these teams like the Padres, even the Mets before they made their moves at the deadline. And they were a team that was about in the same position as the Red Sox. They were in a worse position than the Red Sox and they went out and made moves. And now look at them. They have a chance at the second wild card. Uh, I don't even think that this Red Sox team like is going to be that bad next year. Like they're they're not in the bet they're not in a worse position than like the Detroit Tigers were um, or anybody like that. Like they're set up, they have a young core, um, and I think the next guy is going to probably run the team a little better than Dombrowski has in terms of the bullpen. So I, I think this Red Sox team is going to be a legit contender the next three four years. But it's got it also heavily relies on Chris Sale being Chris Sale again um, and David Price not being a whiny bitch is really the two that it relies on after all this. Agreed. And the, and, and the guy you were talking about earlier was uh, J.P. Riccardi. Yeah, he is, yep, he's a, yep, he is a special advisor to the president of baseball operations for the Giants. And keep in mind, this is a little tidbit that I think is important. He's from Worcester originally, Worcester, Mass. So Worcester. Dirty Worcester. So the dirty woo, they call it. So that, that, that's a name to keep an eye on. I mean, if Dabrowski gets fired or he decides to leave, bring the guy in. Who cares? Hanging out at the DCU Center. Dirty woo. Question for you guys, because I've kind of made my mind up on this, but I'm curious where you stand. Is Cora a helpless bystander in all of this, or is there something more he could have done? Great question. Great question. Oh, God, our Liam's, our producer, so damn good at the job. Um, I'll let you take it first. Alex Cora. He's a bystander. He can only coach the team. He can only coach what he's given. Maybe he could have been a little more aggressive and said, hey, can we get some help here? But sometimes things just go wrong. The Red Sox have had injuries. I mean, look at Mitch Moreland. He was hot as a firecracker at the very beginning of the season, and then he gets injured, and now he's trying to find it again. That's not Alex Cora's fault. Alex Cora is not 100% an innocent bystander in this. He has some. He has to take some blame for this because you think about the beginning of the season especially – this team was not ready out of the gate. They didn't do enough work in spring training. They got very, you barely saw any of the starting pitchers pitch all of spring training. And it took them like a month and a half to figure it out, at least to figure it out. And then they, now they still can't pitch. This team did not have enough urgency to start the season. Uh, Alex came out of work and guns blazing and set the bar so high for himself as a manager last year and did everything right. 
And then this year he took a step back. And yeah, is it unfair to compare his, his managerial lock and skill in a record season year to what he did this year? No, but at the same time, again, spring training is the reason why he deserves some blame. This team was not ready come the beginning of the season at all, whatsoever. I mean, who do you side with? Who do you, who's your, who's your, who do you, who are you favoring right now in this, in this duo? I mean, I think you're right when you say Cora is not completely a helpless bystander. I think the issue derives from a little too comfortable buddy-buddy with this team. Like, everyone's having such a great time, and that lack of urgency yep. came into play. But at the same time, I, you know, he didn't, he wasn't given much help. And I do think whether it was early summer, maybe even like mid-July, he had to sit down with this team and be like, guys, do you like being here? Because you're going to be gone if we don't start winning. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of a pickup, but when we got to the trade deadline and we did nothing, it showed, you know, we were willing to stick with these guys. Cora wasn't pushing for anything. He didn't want to change up this team. He just needed them to step up. It's like, if you guys all are happy playing together and you want to stay together, you got to show it. But now, you know, we're six games out of the wild card and we're already thinking about trading away some of our big guns. And I, as much as I'd like this team to hang around, I think we had our chance to prove ourselves. And uh, Core probably stuck up for them too. And uh, now I think we have no choice but to make some moves. See, I knew I liked Liam. I knew I liked Liam. All right. <laughs> One more topic because I'm uh, the Red Sox are just terrible and I want to rub it in a little bit. So, uh, Dustin Madroya, just to hit on this, um, what underwent a knee surgery today, according to Alex Spear of the Boston Globe, uh, that it was called it's a relatively new surgery. Apparently, it's called a subchondroplasty, is really, I think that's what it looks like. Um, and apparently, it's supposed to repair multiple hairline fractures, um, that had formed, uh, and helped strengthen the bone to his knee and so on and so forth. We know he has knee issues. Um, and apparently, according to Pete Abe, it's a particular surgery that is supposed to help not have to have a knee replacement. So apparently, we're at that point with Dustin Pedroia, where he's trying to have this new fancy surgery that is supposed to not have have a knee replacement. So as much as we might have hinted that he was retiring in that, that press conference, dude basically had a surgery to avoid having a knee replacement today. So Dustin Pedroia... Thank you for all that you've done. Uh, get a real knee replacement, please. You're never playing baseball again. Um, but I just think it's great timing for this news and this surgery to happen. That after all the stuff that's happening, now we're going to get more Dustin Pedroia, we love you stories. Because basically going to signal the end of his career for someone who hasn't talked about it already. You know how I feel about Dustin Pedroia. I hate talking about him because I think he's irrelevant at this point. Not because of obviously what he's done in the past, but obviously it's what have you done for me lately? And in the past two years, he's played maybe 10 games if he's lucky. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know, do what you have to do health wise. So that way you're not walking around with a cane in a year. And just take care of your knee. Obviously, we love Dustin Pedroia. He'll have a role in the front office somewhere. He's going to be involved with the Red Sox in some capacity. You, everybody knows that or everyone at least assumes that. Yep. So, you know what? Like you said, just do what you have to do, and thanks for the memories, but you're not going to be our second baseman. We're looking ahead. All right. Anything else, Al? Anything else you want to get off your chest? That was about a half hour of venting, so. 
This Red Sox team stinks. All right, Into the Triangle Podcast, couchguysports.com, at Into the Triangle Pod on Twitter. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to, go to couchguysports.com. Check out the written content. Big Al himself is a writer, so don't forget to give him some love there. Uh, he's also a Legend Lingo Podcast extraordinaire host, so don't forget to check out his podcast as well. Um, Liam there. Al's doing something over there. Uh, I am Jared Scali. <laughs> uh, we'll talk next week. Um, this Red Sox team truly does suck. Call Red Sox? Question mark?